welcome to the latest United We Stand podcast. I'm joined today by Chef Tommy Banks, who oversees the Michelin-starred restaurant The Black Swan at Olstead, as well as the more casual Roots restaurant in York. Thanks for joining us today, Tommy. Uh, to, to tell us, um, first of all, what have you been doing during lockdown? Sure, I'm working harder than I worked when the restaurants are open. I think um, the first sort of week or so, we were a bit shell-shocked and kind of we just got closed down. And then it was like, what on earth do we do now? Um, and, and we actually started cracking on on the farm, really, because we obviously we didn't have many workers who would normally, busy time on the farm, we'd normally have, you know, a team, maybe 10 strong working on the crops. And there wasn't any. So the first sort of week or so, it was just the family just kind of keep the farm going. And we're like, what are we keeping the farm going for? Who knows how long this is going to be? Um, so then I just got itchy feet after a couple of weeks, really, and uh, wanted to start doing something. So we we had a, we had a situation. I mean, there's so much gone on. We had a situation with the the furlough where I had people who just started who couldn't get furloughed, and of course now they can. Um, you know, people who'd relocated. Um, lad had come over from Ireland and he'd been working for us for a week, and he was living in Oldstead, and like he couldn't go home. And he, and he didn't have a job and he couldn't get any money from the government. So things like that, I thought, well, I'm going to have to start something. So I started doing food boxes. Um, so we do local, we do food boxes and then deliver them locally. Like basically it's like two, three course meals. So you get it on a Friday or a Saturday and it's enough for the whole weekend sort of thing. Um, so that was really good. And then we do food for the hospital as well, for NHS. Uh, down at York Hospital, which has been a really nice thing to do. Um, so we've been doing that now, the seventh week of doing the food boxes. Um, but two weeks ago, what I found was really tough was in a restaurant kitchen, it's like you have equipment to do tasting menu style food. You don't have equipment to make a massive pan of bechamel sauce or something, you know, that you you might want for like more of a at home meal. Um, so that's been quite a challenge. So, uh, uh, I've moved two weeks ago. And the other thing is social distancing. You realise to get the job done, you usually have a lot of chefs in your kitchen. And when everyone's got to be two metres apart and trying to work separately and not together, it's really difficult to get much done. And you've been doing food boxes for the for the NHS. Tell us a bit more about uh, why you started doing that. So last week I took seven guys off the furlough and got them back to work. Um, and we're going to try and do more food boxes. And uh, so we've got vans out today delivering food boxes. And my mum and dad, bless them, they're about to arrive and take the meals down to your hospital for the NHS. And then, um, yeah, in time, I want to try and go national with the food boxes and uh, get more and more people off the furlough. Tommy, what are your thoughts on when you might be back up and open? I, don't, I can't see how restaurants are going to open on 1st of July. I feel like some food businesses will, I think outdoor things, cafes, but for like an intimate dining experience, like a tasting menu, who knows, there's a lot of variables, isn't there? But 1st of July seems ambitious. Furlough's been extended to October, and I don't think the government would have extended the furlough unless they thought many industries would still not be back. And I'm almost, I'm, I'm, I'm not really contemplating this 1st of July thing for for our type of business um we'll be we'll be running the food boxes my, my sort of concentration now is i've got like is thinking how i can sort of build this business and get more people back to work and start doing this for the for the next few months 
and then look at opening the restaurants towards the end of the year when it's when it's possible. And there's been a lot of talk about uh, the social distancing measures restaurants might have to put in place once they reopen. Do you think you can open your restaurants and run them successfully with such measures? No, is a straight answer. Um, we couldn't. Especially, I mean, the Black Swan, we always used to joke about it. It's a tiny little kitchen that was, I would say, it was built for cooking chicken in a basket in like 1970. It genuinely was. And, you know, it's amazing. It's such a cool place to work because there'll be 10 people and the pot wash all in this tiny room, all huddled around working on little dishes. It looks great, but no, we couldn't We couldn't open the businesses and socially distance. If it's really two metres between a member of staff, you couldn't. It's just impossible. I, I wonder if there's certain things where if you use PPE and then you didn't, the social distancing became less important because you were fully protective but then how do you serve people because who wants to go to a restaurant where the the waiters are wearing gloves and masks or even you know a face shield even if we forget the practicalities of cooking the food and delivering the food which is you know a minefield the margins are tiny on restaurants like you can't just cut your covers in half and think it's going to work um you know if i cut my covers in half i couldn't cut the staff in half i wouldn't be actually be able to create the product without the number of staff it just doesn't work whichever way you look at it. Certainly in routes, there'll be no, you know, uh, you see online, people try to measure out how on earth they would fit all the tables in. And at, at routes, there's a lot of space. You could easily, it's already very spaced out. Like you could easily fit covers in from a social distancing. Uh, again, it would be down. Yeah, there's more kitchen space as well. And the way it's set out in different rooms, it, it could be quite practical. Um but again, it's just we. I think I think the restaurant industry are probably waiting on. We can understand how we cut the number of covers, but we're all waiting on sort of some protocol. I know the government sent out guidelines of how you you know you need to work going forward, but then we need to in time have something a little bit more industry specific. And what about your reopening plans? Have you any thoughts on on, on when you might want to reopen? I don't want to rush and do it wrong. You know, I want to sit tight and try and do it in a way that's going to be sustainable going forward. And I think everyone's in the same boat there in a way that nobody's really got financial reserves anymore. So I think we've all made massive losses over the last few months. So you really can't, you can't afford to open a restaurant and run it at a loss. I don't know, well, personally, there's no financial buffer to do that. The restaurants need to wipe their nose from day one. And that's going to be quite difficult if, um, yeah, if we can't have any customers in the door. And you've got the farm as well. Can you tell us a bit more about what you're doing with that at the moment? With the restaurants, much as you, you can't really just turn off any business, we had to turn it off. We just basically turned the whole thing off and furloughed the staff and that was that. But with the farm, you can't just switch the lights off and lock the door because there's stuff in the soil, there's stuff already established, stuff growing. Um, so we're still trying to make sort of tough decisions now about whether we even do certain crops. Um, I, I think actually it's going to be a, it's a bit of a lifeline in some ways because you know I'm in a month or so's time I'm going to have 25 ton of beautiful heirloom tomatoes and that's not we're not going to have a restaurant that we can sell it in but it's a very saleable product isn't it you know I can put that in the food boxes I can make beautiful things out of them and and it's quite saleable and then maybe that might give us a because I think we're going to see over the next month way way more people doing the food boxes that we're 
doing and hampers and experiences and things like that you can every week there's another chef doing it and and, and rightly so because we've got to find ways of, of, of doing it but um i think it gives us a slight usp that we've got you know great produce and have you thought about how your menus might look once you reopen are they going to stay the same similar to what they were or are you going to take a different approach yeah no a few thoughts actually on that and and, and for both restaurants um it's a difficult one because actually we talk about lowering prices there but i feel like our you know we're, we're gonna have to pay taxes in some way we get tax on things a bit more so when this all finishes the so prices are going to have to go up if anything the cost of produce was already going through the roof and um i think really the black swan in a way i think we might look back at this being a slight blessing in disguise because i think it's given me time to you know we've been doing it for a lot of years to um you know we did we're gonna try and do a bit of a refurb there before we open and then you know it just might just freshen things up but largely i think it's the experience that i want to give is is what we've always sort of given which is sort of friendly hospitable but like a tasting menu and all about what we grow and forage and i think that's still what people uh what people want but i think it's just i think we just need to be even better than we've ever been before um we need to i think we got to keep the price exactly where it is i'm not going to put it up but i certainly can't afford to put it down um but we're going to just look at trying to give like the best value and make it the best we can roots is a different kettle of fish altogether and i'm actually and th- and th- this might sound a little extreme but obviously roots is a sharing plates concept and i i'm thinking is sharing plates going to work after this or certainly until there's a vaccine unless you're share- with someone in your own household are you really going to want to share from the same plate as somebody else our, our customers um minds towards this going to be the same i mean tapas has been going on for years and years and years and i don't think that that's going to stop that style of cooking is going to stop but i think there's going to be a period where do you want to go for a sharing plate restaurant or do you just want your own plate of food in front of you i could see roots just being a would just make a really nice weekly menu of delicious things uh from the farm or from local suppliers and just do a really nice set menu restaurant and change the menu every week um and that and that's the way i think we'll go and I, I'm, I'm seriously well yeah i'm pretty certain we're not going to do sharing plates and i want to use some of the quirky dishes we used to do and sort of rework them into the menu in places a little ode to the old pre-covid roots but it's going to be more yeah it's a new, almost like a new restaurant really um but then if you look at um certain brands that are built upon the sharing concepts and there's and it's become so popular you know, hence why we open Roots. I mean, if you look in London, there's so many great restaurants that have been so successful the last few years that are built solely on the sharing concept. And it's a lovely way to eat. But mm. I, I just wonder how how these restaurants are going to adapt. 